What's up, guys? This is episode four, I think, of the Big Ben Strongcast. I'm Brian Chambers. Uh, this is with me today, so Tia New. He is an MMA fighter. MMA? Yeah, MMA. Okay. Give me a little bit of a background, how you got started fighting, um, kind of where you're at now. Okay. So um, I started martial arts when I think I was 12 years old. How old are you now? I am 22, turning 23 in May. Cool. But um, I had a cousin that uh, moved into my house with me when I was like 11 from Cambodia. Jack, the Asian guy. And um, he was like a big brother to me, but he would bully me and pick on me a little bit. You know, and a big brother. It's all love. Right. But, um, it's all love. Yeah, exactly. It is. <laughs> it is, man. But um, that's what got me in, into the sport. He kind of inspired me to start training um, just because just from seeing his physique and everything. I was like, man, I want to be this guy. Yeah. Um, so I started MMA, I went to MMA school at, um, yeah, when I was 12. So I did a little bit of everything. Where, what, uh, school did you start at? Where was, was that? World Martial Arts Jackson, okay. Jacksonville, Florida. Gotcha. Um, they were mainly, primarily like a boxing slash, um, uh, a little bit of jujitsu, but a lot of traditional martial arts, actually, honestly, like Wing Chun and stuff. It was pretty cool. Weapon gotcha. fighting. I did some stick fighting a little bit. <laughs> Man, so, I'm going to pretend like I know what Wing Chun is. Uh, traditional Chinese martial arts is really, like, okay. a lot of what, what you see in movies is okay. kind of gotcha. on that. Gotcha. And then, uh, so, started in Jacksonville. Now you are in Tallahassee. When did you move to Tallahassee? Um, let's see. I moved when I was 18. Okay. I actually came here to go to FSU. Mm -hmm. Ended up just kind of finding out school wasn't really for me. I did the and, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Left in, mm -hmm. you know followed my heart and now we're here fighting fighting man so you're you're at train fight win right now yes train when, fight did, win when did you oh okay when did you um when did you start working with them was that right when you moved here um so i guess for a little bit um i was in school just trying to figure out my classes and everything and then everything kind of crashed around me and at that time I didn't really have anything to do with my time. I think this was around like, yeah, I think I started training when I was 20. Everything just crashed and I kind of like always had this desire to get back into training. Mm -hmm. And I guess once I didn't really have anything, I just followed my heart yeah. and kind of reignited that passion that I always knew was in there. For sure. And um, been there off and on for about three years now well two years mm -hmm. um i did i did leave them after maybe a year of training there um to go to colorado get some higher level training there mm -hmm. life happened a little bit and i kind of was forced to move back to florida okay but everything ended up you know for the better man yeah working out exactly cool. exactly very nice okay um so talk to me a little bit about kind of the level that you're at right now okay. which is kind of a lead up into how we started working together um so i'm still an amateur fighter uh, i don't make money mm -hmm. off of this yet everything i do is for experience and to build my career in the future okay um but i'd say i'm pretty high level for amateur right i just recently won the combat night you know bantamweight belt so i feel like that's a pretty big accomplishment um, sure so I'm going to, I probably should start think like start thinking about going pro within mm. the next year or two. Okay. Um, so what, what does that look like? How does, how does somebody do that? 
Um, it really just kind of depends on the fighter. Um, okay. I think, I think you just have to have three fights, three amateur fights to go pro. And you um, got that down. Yeah, yeah. And I have seven fights. Okay. So, you know, um, it's really whenever I want, whenever I think I'm ready. I honestly feel like I have a, I've still a good amount of things I want to work on. Um, cause I want to be over-prepared once I go pro, sure. you know, that's sure. going to matter a lot more okay. on my record and everything. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, just give that like a year or two. Okay. What is the difference between going pro and amateur? Is it just making money from fights? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's primarily it. There's a little bit of rule changes. Um, in amateur, you can't, um, knee to the head. You can't elbow to the head. Mm-hmm. Um, we wear shin pads. In pro, the shin pads are gone, mm-hmm. the knees and elbows are on the table. So it's a, lo- a little bit, um, changes the game a little bit, but not too much. Okay. And then, of course, you do get paid, and, um, you know, your record kind of matters a little bit more. Okay. Because once you go professional, if you have a bad record, there's really no chance of getting to the higher leagues. Okay. Um, as opposed to no one cares about your amateur record. That doesn't really set anything up. Okay, you know? gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, how, so I, I'm interested to know, cause I, I talked to Dylan a little bit about, you know, I was interested in working with some fighters, um, just with the training that I do, I think it carries over really specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he, how did he bring this to you? What did he, um, how did he bring it to me? He just kind of, so we knew we had a big fight coming up yeah. and, um, he was just helping me, uh, get some sponsorships and I think he, he was like I had this friend who owns a gym and he's interested in working with you I don't really think he um kind of told me what you did gotcha it was just like yeah strength and it's kind of hard guy. to explain yeah it is it is <laughs> man it's very different but, yeah but um definitely applicable to the sport a hundred percent for sure 100%. it's it's such an interesting thing to talk about how how I train people in general because it I think of any sport it carries over to the most is, is fighting, which is, which is really interesting to me. Like I, I, I mostly do a lot of Olympic weightlifting with youth athletes and that's, that's like what I love doing. But I think some of the more experimental stuff that I'm doing with mental training, yeah, I think that carries over to fighting so much. Yeah. And it was kind of cool to see that work for you. Yeah. So let's uh talk about what we did going into the training. So we, did five sessions. We did a movement assessment. This is kind of just to get an understanding of um, any structural issues that Sotia had going into the fight. Like if you had shoulder problems, if you had lower back issues, just kind of kind of get an idea of how he moves and what he needs to work on the most. Uh, and then as we started going through it, we're getting pretty close to this fight. It shifted a little bit. So focused away from more so like fixing any structural issues to changing how we approach training and how we approach fights mentally. Right. So, um, I think probably the biggest thing was just creating an understanding of four states, right? Yeah. Flow, fight, flight, freeze, and then recognizing what those feel like and how to move from one to the next one. So you want to talk a little bit about that? What, what do you think was the most, the biggest benefit of that? Yeah. Um, I guess when you're, just going through life in general, I guess you don't really realize the um, mental state you're in, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we met and before I had the understanding of those four states, 
when I would train and I'd have an off day, I'd just be like, oh, it's just one of those days, you mm-hmm. know? And there's nothing I can do to like fix that, you know? Right. It was like, I guess I'm just going to have to either force myself to train through this or, you know, take a day off or something. Mm-hmm. But um, once I learned that we had four states, flow, uh, fight, freeze, and flight, mm-hmm. um, I was able to kind of recognize what state I was in and then do something to try and adjust that state. Right. So I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have excuses anymore. Sure. I guess. Um, well, and kind of the nice part about it is that it's not so much excuses. It's, it's more just knowing, recognizing where you're at makes yeah. it so much easier to change where you're at. Yes. Yes. So it's not so much excuses. It's just opening up the opportunity for more of your training sessions yeah. to be, Exactly what you want them to exactly. be. Exactly. And recognizing that you have the power to change it. Because, yeah. like, before I was just like, ah, it's just one of these days yeah. and you just got to accept it. It's like, it's almost kind of like training sessions or life just happens to you. Yes. And then it's always reacting. But I think when you have an, an understanding of these four states, you can start to be way more proactive. Yes. You can manipulate it yeah. to what you need to get out of yeah. your training sessions or your day in general. Yeah perfectly yeah that's exactly how it helped um and just understanding that um especially when it comes to like martial arts because there's just so much to learn and and you have to be focused to be able to get the technique that you need to get otherwise you're kind of just wasting your time right um and being able to control that mindset is just other there's like it's crazy when when you're in fight, you can almost feel just that extra pump of energy. Right. And just like right. everything's a lot more intense and everything. Mm-hmm. When you're in flow, um, your creativity kind of creativity's higher. Your exactly. learning learning rates a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, the pressure's not as high. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting idea. So you know, one of the things that we probably a couple of reasons why he needed this the most um, is in fights, you ha- it's very, very specific what state you can be in. You can't go full fight right off the bat, yeah. right? Because then you're, you lose fine motor control, so your ability to actually make contact with people is lower. Your ability to let the technique that you've built up over the past several months of training is lower. So we had to kind of – we wanted to try and build this idea of flow under pressure, mm-hmm. which is a low-level fight. So it's still allowing you to make connections and learn and um, and just follow through with the techniques that you've learned for the past several months. Yes. Uh, and then also recognize when it's the right moment to seize the opportunity that you've got mm-hmm. and attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing is, you know, his rounds are or his his fights are three minutes on, one minute off. And in that one minute, you have to try and be able to recover faster than your opponent essentially right yep. you want to go into that next round fully like mind clear body feels great um you don't want to go into it trying to just you're reacting to the last round yes as opposed to being proactive and in the moment for this the round that you're in right right so uh really it was just creating awareness and then knowing exactly where he should be in each round yeah so that first round you kind of describe as a learning round it's yeah. you can't go in full fight and just lose control because one, you're not going to learn anything from it. Like you're not going to learn how the other opponent uh, moves and reacts and, and just is 
you're not really feeling out the round. Right. So we have to go into a much low level fight. It's more just being aware and making sure that nothing's going to happen, but learning exactly how the other person moves. Yep. And then round two, we start to up that a little bit. Yes. And round three is finish it if it hasn't already been finished. Yes. So um, how do you think that helped you in this last fight? Um, You know, I think I kind of wanted to approach this fight in. So I guess I should preface by saying I have a fighter that I kind of really look up to as far as style and how he fights. Mm-hmm. And that's um, that? Israel Adesanya, okay. aka Stylebender. Um, just the way he fights, it's like complete flow. If you watch it, it's flow. Okay. It's just, um, I remember watching an interview he said, and he, he talks about how he doesn't look to knock people out. He just touches them. Mm-hmm. And once you touch them enough, they eventually fall. Yeah. So that's something I've kind of wanted to apply to this fight. I, and that was mainly just flow. And um just understanding how to get to that mindset um, really helped me. And also there's a point where I did actually freeze. It was the last 10 seconds of the round. Yeah, had the, submission. The, the last of the last round. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. The last of the last round. Cause he put me in a bad situation. Right. In a really bad situation. That one, oh my God, my heart was racing. <laughs> I was like, you just, if you go out, you just go out, but like, don't exactly. Oh, I wasn't going to tap, but, when when I stood up, like yeah. when they stopped the round, I stood up. Oh yeah, I already told you, but um, I blacked out. I couldn't see the crowd. I remember looking, <laughs> like doing this yeah, to the yeah. crowd, and I couldn't see anything. I could see that. I watched you, and I could see you like lift your arms up, but your eyes were just gone. Yeah, I was completely. Oh, but um, so you you kind of you went out at the end of it, but you still won. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you do you remember enough to like give a, a round by round yeah. recap? Let's do yeah, that. um. Let's see. So, uh, round one, I would say, let me ask you this from watching me, what state would you think I was in for like, I thought you were in flow pretty hard. Yeah. I'll say one thing when you, the difference between you and Tristan walking up to the ring was what made me feel really confident. Good. Like I, they have the camera on, on the fighter as they're like walking up and as they're getting ready before they go into the ring and Tristan was eyes down, his eyes were moving around a lot, but he was mostly like looking down. You, he looked nervous when you walked up to the ring. That was not the case. No, man, it was, it was pretty much direct eye contact with the ring. The whole time you were head up, you were, you seemed so confident going into it, but not cocky. Yeah. It just, you just seemed confident and capable. Nice. So like I knew I knew going in I was like okay he's in a he's in a very good place much better than the other guy going into this fight oh, wow that was that was what keyed me in for that and then it seemed like round one you were pretty much in flow how how did it feel yeah I'd agree um so something I did to um kind of calm my mind in the back which is clear my head mm-hmm. um, remind myself that you know have fun with it because sure. that's really important. You kind of eliminate the pressure, clear my mind, um, just be in the present. Uh, round one, let's see. I remember uh, I wanted to be aggressive, but I didn't want to think about it. Right. So I kind of, I don't know, sometimes you just know like subconsciously what you need to do without thinking. Mm-hmm. So I came out um, pretty aggressive immediately with a hook cross. Um, 
I remember just there's a point where he swung, he threw like a four piece combo and I dodged everything. And then I stuck my tongue out. I remember that. And he was like, all right, come on. (laughs) And that was just really a cool moment for me. It's just like when you're flowing, I don't usually stick my tongue. I'm not really, you know, a cocky. Right. I'm not that type of person. Uh-huh. But when you're just flowing and you're performing, it's, it just comes out naturally. Yeah. You know, and when you don't have to think about anything and you're still like dodging everything. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it, I mean, that is flow to the max. 100%, man. Just pure focus and mm-hmm. being able to react without thinking is just like, yeah. You know, just trusting your instincts and going off of your instincts, right. I guess, is what f- flow is just so good for. 100%. Um, uh, we practice some some stuff with this same interval three on one off yeah. and working with some ideas for how to get you to calm down mm-hmm. in between that in that one minute, which is really, it's not a lot of time. It goes by super quick by the mm-hmm. time they get the chair up there. Yeah. And by the time you sit down and they start talking to you or whatever, yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, you maybe have 30 seconds, yeah. you know? Yeah. So for you, did you apply what we, what we worked on? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did a lot of nose breathing. Okay. Um, I could see it. Yeah. I was like, I think that was the most focused I've ever been in a corner. Yeah. I was just dead focused on, right. on my corner. No just flight. Sitting yeah. up straight. Yeah. All nose breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was completely no, no flight, no fight. Yeah. Just in the moment, in yeah. the zone. It was really What about, uh, we, so we worked on one thing, which was, uh, telling yourself it's not that bad. Did you do that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dylan, cool. I remember in third round, Dylan stood up after Sky left and he was like, this is the last round. Hurt yeah. later, baby. Hurt later. <laughs> that was that, our, kind of our mantra. Yeah, that's what, good. Um, Brian told me, who, who said that? Matt Frazier. Yeah, Matt Frazier. And that kind of stuck with me. I yeah. like that saying. That one, so, that one just it gets me so motivated in does. workouts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so round two. Okay, round two. Um, I remember Sky told me... Uh, I guess what's surprising me too is how I'm able to recall all this because yeah. usually, you know, your first couple of fights you don't remember because the adrenaline, adrenaline was so high. Yeah. yeah. Um, second round, I remember Sky told me to chop the legs because he's not really doing much about it. Okay. So immediately, I just came out through a leg kick. I, I'd still say I was in. Ah, uh, I wouldn't say I was completely in flow. The first round, I flowed a little bit more. Okay. The second round, um. Because he was wrestling so much, mm-hmm. um, I feel like because I'm not as comfortable as I am wrestling, or maybe it's because right. I didn't really expect it, um, it kind of threw me off and made me think yeah. at some points. Yeah, round two, you spent a lot of time on the ground. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'll say, like, watching your face while you were down there, you seemed really relaxed. I was. I was. That's pretty interesting to me. Yeah. I was, I was calm, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was in flight. I wouldn't say I was in fight. I would just say I was just flowing less. Yeah. I was okay. just flowing less. Um, Cause I guess there were, t- there was time to think too. Yeah. Cause grappling is a lot slower in the exchange. Right. It's like, he's just pinning me on the cage. I'm just kind of feeling what he's doing. Right. And it gives me time to think. I'm like, okay, what do, what do I do right now? Right. See where there's um, kind of room to move around a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that thinking um, kind of puts you out of flow a little bit. Yeah. For, oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, when you have to, when you have to think that is what takes you out of flow. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it kind of gets you into a more overthinking. Okay. A little bit. What state would you say that would 
It de- it depends on how you physically feel about it too. Okay. I think that you were staying in flow. Okay. But a lot of people, when they are thinking too much, that will put them in flight, and okay. so they're starting to overthink. I see. Yeah. I was just like thinking just enough. More so, it was like feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. A lot of it was grappling. He put me on the fence. He took me down off the yeah. fence. But every time he took me down, I would reverse it. I felt a lot stronger than him. Yeah. I felt a lot stronger than him too. Yeah. Um. Like, I wasn't worried at all when I was on the ground because he would take me down and I would just get right back up. And mm-hmm. he felt so light to me. Like, yeah, it didn't feel like it was on me. I would just stand, stand up. That's good. Up. Yeah. Easy peasy. It's probably because I trained with so many heavy people and Maybe, having yeah. their pressure and being used to that. That helps a lot. Yeah. That helps a lot. Yeah. For sure. Um, I was telling Dylan, actually, uh, a lot of the things we did... It was like, I've just been there before because Dylan is my wrestling coach. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, we wrestle a lot. And Dylan likes upper body throws. Um, So and and Tristan was trying to do a lot of upper body stuff. Okay. So it was like every time you knew exactly what that was. Yeah, I was like, oh, I've been here so many times. And the thing is, Dylan's a lot stronger than Tristan. So it's like, not only have I been here, but you're weaker than the guy. Dylan is surprisingly strong. Seriously, man. Sneaky fit. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen? That man can do handstands. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know his shoulders could do that. And do handstands. (laughs) And then then he can do handstand push-ups. What? Yeah. Holy shit. I'm like, holy. It really impressed me. Wow, Dylan's surprising me every day. What a ninja, man. (laughs) Watch out. So, okay, so going into, so out of round two, you were spent a lot of time on the ground. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, you guys got up right before the bell rang. Um, you guys kind of broke right before the bell rang. If I remember, I'm not too sure. It, it ended with me on top. Okay. Yeah. Good. And then I had his back. Yeah. And then the bell rang. Okay. I kind of slid out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if that went another 10 seconds, we probably would have gotten up because yeah. I kind of um, was getting off his back. Okay. Gotcha. Um, um, going into round two. So in that. In that rest for round two, where were you at there? Um, in the rest for round two, like yeah. between round one and two. But ra- between round two and three. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let me think. Um, for some reason, I can't really remember like the third round as much. I'm not sure why. Um, it was a lot of it was a lot of changing position. It was on the ground a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just I was kind of thrown off by that run a little bit yeah it might have thrown me off a little bit um mentally but i wouldn't say too much right um i just remember sky uh what was he saying he wasn't really telling me to do too much um yeah i don't really remember man honestly third round is kind of fuzzy third round's kind of fuzzy yeah, yeah. Um, i know i know that you guys were right around that time you guys had a you guys were pretty even as far as points go. Yeah. And I think Sky, I, I I think this is what Dylan told me. I think Sky said something along the lines of, if you can get one more, what is that? Takedown. One, one more takedown, yeah. then you've got it. Yeah. And so you got that last takedown. Yeah. And it just ended up in probably the worst position possible. Yeah. And Tristan got you in, what was it? A triangle choke. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you had 10 seconds left. Yeah. And... It was just don't tap. Yeah. Don't tap. Try not to go out. Right there I froze because yeah. I heard the – I think what made me freeze was the clack, clack, clack. And I was like, oh, crap. And just hearing that just kind of made me freeze. I was like, okay, what is 10 that? seconds. What is the clack, clack, clack? So that's – um, 
they kind of hit it to let you know that there's 10 okay. seconds left gotcha. in around. Gotcha. So I just kind of panicked because uh-huh. in my head I was like, okay, I'm in a bad position, but it's just 10 seconds. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to hold it yeah. as opposed to trying to actively writing right. it out. Right. Um, I just kind of held it yeah. and then he adjusted it and it was just tighter. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was it was pretty it was pretty darn tight. Yeah. But I was like, oh, time's gonna just it's gonna go soon, man. Yeah. I'd rather go out than tap out right, right. now. And um, right when they let me go, you know, already, you guys already know, but Got blacked out for a little win. bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not proud of it, but hey, it, it, listen, I mean, like that's probably the best possible situation, like best reaction to have for that. Yeah, is like because I mean, if you try and get out of it, maybe you will, but more than likely. Probably not. Yeah. Um, and all that struggling and it's gonna it's gonna waste air yeah. for you to stay up. I feel like there were some techniques that I could have done sure. to prevent him from adjusting it. Yeah. But instead I kind of just left my arm out there yeah. as opposed to um keeping it safe. So right. I shouldn't have frozen this position. Right. I should have frozen a better position. Well, it's a it's a good thing to know because now you yeah. know exactly what freezing in that position feels yeah. like. Yeah. It won't ever happen to you again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. So it's all experience, man. That's it. Yeah. Coming out of that fight, man, you I you would do this thing in between each round where you would just like look at the crowd and flex. Yeah. And I was like, God, this guy is this guy feels so good coming out of every one of these rounds. Oh, yeah, it was dude. pretty incredible. I really um I really feel like in the moment I felt like I won every round. Mm-hmm. But I mean, looking back at the fight. It was it was a little close. Yeah, yeah. I, the second round is where I probably I could see it going to Tristan. Yeah, um, just because he took me down so many times, um, so good on him. Yeah, um, but mainly what I would look at was my my crowd of support. Mm-hmm. I had my crowd of um, just my uh, gym members. Yeah. They're basically like family to me, yeah. man. Just so much good energy coming from them. So I'd look at them and flex for them. Yeah. You know, just put on a show. And I feel like that kind of it makes it more fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It makes it more fun to watch. And for me personally, it's kind of like reassuring, you know? It's <laughs> like that's my my family. I got my support, man. Mm-hmm. Like whatever happens in here happens. Right. I'm just gonna put out a show for them. Yeah. And it makes it just like less pressure so I can perform better. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a way to ground me in a way or something. Sure. Sure. It's a good way to kind of bring you back down a little bit. Exactly. Bring yeah. me back down. That's good. Um, let's uh let's take a quick break and then we will talk about what we did in our training very specifically. Yes. Cool. Sounds good. All right. So we're back, part two. Um again, we're with Sotia. He is talking about our lead up to the fight, what we did in training. Um so we just recapped all of the fight uh, pretty much round by round and how each one fell, what happened in the rest. We're going to go into what we did in our training sessions uh, leading up to it to mentally prepare for this fight. So first day we did a movement assessment, and this was this was mainly designed to see if you had any structural issues. The problem is, is we didn't have quite enough time to really fix any structural issues that much. We could work on some small things. A lot of it is just like improving awareness to a certain area, which we did. Um, but you know, we can't really build a whole lot of muscle in four weeks. Yeah. And the other big part of it is you have to stay in a weight class. So we don't want to build too much muscle in that short period of a time as well. So that'll be something we do more long-term 
uh, just to improve health of all the joints and everything. Um, we focus mostly when we did our assessment, we focus mostly on the shoulders, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so the big thing that he had an issue with was lats and pecs Yeah, kind of working together. You had a really great pressing, but when you pulled, it was really hard for you to lock in your pecs and your lats yeah. and not let your shoulder blades squeeze back too much. So we got a little bit of an issue with wing scap, but your shoulders are really interesting in that you have a high level of mind muscle connection to them, but, but it's almost too fluid. And so that was something that we saw when we got onto rope pulls. So the hand over hand sled rope pull, you move weight, you move like water. Yeah. Uh, just move, hey. move like water. Um, what, that prevents though is improved shoulder function in pulling movements whether that's overhead or whether that's pulling to you um and whether or not that applies to your sport that much doesn't matter it's just going to improve the actual function of your shoulder in general right so what we spent some time working on after that was going to be uh locking in the abs and keeping that super still so you can just move your shoulders and we got a couple a couple good weeks worth of rope pulls where that got better. Yeah, those are really really tough for you though. Yeah, you know which is which is kind of interesting. Um, rope pulls are fantastic too for fighters. Listen up on that. Um, I mean, it's grip strength, it's biceps, it's yeah. it's lats, for it's the grappling especially. Grappling. Oh, exactly. Just everything you need. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I mean, what do you think about that? Did you notice any? Um, I was just wondering. Or more so, why? I'm just curious. Why is it bad to like move my shoulders as I'm rope pulling? It's not bad that you do. Uh-huh. It's bad that you suck at it when you can't. Okay. Right. So it's not so. It's not so much bad that you do because like it, it allows you to move very fluidly. Okay. I yeah. want you to be able to do that, but I also want you to be able to move the other way as well. Okay. Right. So a lot, and this kind of goes for everything, is really just find whatever people can't do. And then get them really good at that. Mm. And that's going to improve the athlete overall as a whole. I see. Okay. Okay. So just strengthening the weaknesses. Exactly. And that concept applies whether that's physically to a muscle or mentally to how you approach something. I see. Right. So we, we did that with our first session and with our first PT session, uh, personal training session. And then uh, our second one, we started getting more into the mental training a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. We talked about flow, fight, flight, freeze. Um, and how that kind of applies to your fight. The workout that we did the first with the first session was, uh, was three rounds of three minutes on one minute off. Mm -hmm. And that was a 200 foot sled push and then max reps, sandbag, hang power clean in the remaining time. So sled push is pretty, pretty much flow. And then it's full fight for these hang cleans. Yeah. And you just go as hard as you can. And then in that one minute rest, it's try and recover the breathing to the nose breathing. Mm-hmm. So it's just learning how to downregulate after a pretty aggressive fight. Um, three rounds on that. We, we did a little interview, which we'll have come out sometime within the next month or two uh, after that workout. And it was really interesting to me. But I think the biggest thing, what was the biggest takeaway from for you from that workout? Um, I guess just definitely realizing when you're approaching that flight um in the workout mm-hmm. because it, it becomes so intense you kind of want to just 
get through it. Oh yeah, run away, that's right. Run away from yeah. it. You know that was our that was what we spent a lot of time talking on yeah. was in these training sessions. Every single one of them is important. And at you know after ten years of training sessions, if you spent fifty percent of your time just trying to get through it rather than fifty percent or whether rather than a hundred percent of your time full on attacking the workout with a hundred percent intensity, you're going to have very different results at the end of 10 years or at the end of your career, really. Yes. You know, so we spent this this workout just learning how to go through a couple key phrases, which was attack. Yep. Right. Attack. And then uh don't just get through it. Yeah. Uh, attack it. Yeah. Right? Attack, attack. That was that was a really good that was a really good workout for you, especially because it got pretty intense. Oh yeah. That third round of that, <laughs> I you dry heaved a couple times, and I was like, I think he's gonna throw up in my turf. Oh man. But, and then I, I literally I opened up the door to to allow you to get outside, and I turned around and you were up and you were walking again. I was like, oh, yeah. How? <laughs> How did you do that? It was rough. Man. Yeah. I don't know. Good recovery, dude. Good recovery. Yeah, it was. It was just so, it was really eye-opening just because I remember that I think the second round, mm-hmm. I was more so in flight. I was trying to get through yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, oh, let me just try and get through this. Let me right. just try and finish. And then in between the in between the second and third round. Um, Good. Yeah. In between the second and third round, you reminded me to attack it. And um, I think you reminded me that about the fight, you know, belt and everything kind of motivated me. Mm -hmm. And then in my mind, I was just focusing on attacking. My breathing changed. Like I could just feel it in my face, my face changed. Um, And I feel like in that third round, even though I was more tired, I performed better than my second. Just I I agree. And better than my first too. Yeah. 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 That was really interesting. Yeah. So it was just so apparent. And I was like, wow. Yeah. It's incredible. And that's something we talked about kind of in the post in that post workout yeah. uh, video, which was kind of recognizing what patterns you fall back into in this round by round thing, which is, you know, first one is pretty good, but taking it kind of easy. Mm-hmm. Second one, it seems like you tend to fall into flight a little bit. Yeah. And then that third round is when you're like, okay, it's time to finish this. Yeah. Time like time to execute, time to attack. Um, and that's what we're going to spend some time working on over the next couple of weeks is learning how to take advantage of round one, learning how to not be in flight in round two, because that's kind of something you talked about in that, in this fight too, yeah, that's round true. two was kind yeah. of flight. And then round three was just finish it. You don't even remember because you were more than likely in fight. Yeah. Interesting. Right. So that's something that we're going to spend some time working on in the future. Nice. Um, let's see. And then our, our, I think this was our fourth workout that we did was the blood flow restriction. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Blood flow restriction. I, I am actually incredibly excited about how well that worked. Um, and I don't, I I don't, I had that idea like literally mid session while we were going, I was like, okay, (laughs) I know what we're doing. This is it. Um, and so, with you, this is going to be kind of how I would approach strength and conditioning for a fighter. If I had, if I only had one day a week with them, that's what it would be. It's we, it's going and doing things that put them in flight on purpose and then teaching them how to get out of that and stay in flow or fight. Yeah. And so the blood flow restriction wraps, the workout that we did was, 
I think six six sets of reverse sled drags and mm-hmm. sled pushes mm-hmm. with blood flow wraps on the quads, tied pretty tight. And so, if you've ever used blood flow wraps, pretty much most people know now that it's a great way to improve hypertrophy, uh, put muscle on faster around the legs or wherever you're going to use them. Uh, we didn't use them for that purpose, but that is a, a side effect. We used them strictly for the purpose of when you do sleds with blood flow wraps, it sucks really bad. I The first time I did it, I did I took about three steps backwards, and I was like, oh, I'm going to die. And then, and then I was like, oh, there's something to this. Yeah. There's something to it for sure. So it puts you in flight. It puts everybody in flight the first couple steps that they take. We did uh, those 200-foot reverse sled drag, yeah. and then you can't take the wraps off until you're calm. So put you in full on, full on panic mode and you can't, you can't get out of that until mentally you're calm enough to be able to just relax for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, and each round got progressively harder. We started doing stuff like round three and four was go mouth breathe and like hyperventilate almost like, see if you can get yourself like right on the edge of a panic attack and then how quickly can you recover? Yeah. And this carries over to fighters. This carries over to law enforcement, first responders, all of that. I think it's really, really important. And we're going to, we're going to build upon that in the future. Yeah, um, find different ways to do that. I think we'll definitely get some practice in with a sandbag for that, for sure. Those sleds, I think just being able to see how far into fight and flight you can push yourself. Yeah. And then ta- we're going to time how long it takes you to calm down. Mm. Um, so the cue that we use for that is just, you finish it and then you just say, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not, it's not that bad over and over again until you actually believe it. And then when you can feel the calmness in your head and your heartbeat, you can take the wraps off. And it got to the point where you were like full on, full on, almost hyperventilating in that last round. Yeah, that last one was scary. And then, yeah. And then maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds, calm again, wraps come off. The context, the application of that to fighting is so beneficial because you can have the worst possible round. Like, yeah, I mean, just getting choked out, that's that's one of the worst possible things that you can feel going into a round. Um, And then you have to try and recover from that in a minute or really about 45 seconds. This is such a big such a big carryover is learning how to mentally calm down quick enough. Yeah. Um, what did you, how, how did you apply that? Was that a big eye opener for you? Talk to me about that a little bit. Um, so what's really interesting about that type of training, mm-hmm. you know, specifically is, um, just completely being focused on or, or being put into, into flight and just realizing what it's like to be in flight. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I guess going through life or even training martial arts, you don't really find yourself in that situation. I think a lot of people are there. I think they just don't recognize what it feels like. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But just being put in that extreme flight though. Oh yeah. Like very different. feels like you're going to, it really does like that last round, my body was just completely, completely freaking out yeah and um like brian said it feels like you're gonna die like your body just feels like like you're gonna die because your your legs are just super pumped and and things are going numb and your brain's like what in the hell is going on (laughs) um and then just being able to calm down from that um i'm sure that'll help me in the future Mm -hmm. for this fight i feel like it 
I you wasn't, didn't really get put there though. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that would be really applicable for those fights where it's just a complete war, right? And or or you're just getting your ass whooped and you need to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wasn't really put in those scenarios for this fight, but I can definitely see it helping later down, yeah, down the road. Just being able to recognize that, you know, um, okay, I got my ass whooped, but it's all right. I'm gonna calm down, come back from flight be able to flow again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see it um, transitioning, definitely. And this kind of relates, but this reminds me of, um, there's this boxer. His name's Vasily Lomachenko. He's one of the um, pound for pound, like best boxers right now. I remember listening to a podcast with him and he was saying how, um, this kind of relates, but maybe not, but how when he was a kid, his dad is his trainer. When he was a kid, um, his dad just kind of took him out on a boat to a big lake, just kind of rode the lake, didn't even tell him what was happening, and then just threw the kid in there and said, you're going to get to the shore or you're going to die. And and that kind of re- it relates <laughs> a little bit to what it, we're doing. It's it the mental... Definitely does. You know, the mental toughness building, just, yeah. you know, you got to get through it yeah. or you're going to die. But we're not going to die, but we're putting our body in right. a situation where it feels, feels like we're going to die. Is, yeah. Yeah. I, I've always been kind of... I don't know. I've I've never been a big fan of the mental training thing, like the mental toughness thing. I'm not a fan of like motivational speakers or like coaches that say that like their specialty is mental toughness. Yeah. And I because I've never really understood it. Like I like for me it clicks. You just have to get the job done. Like you just have to do it. But I think a lot of people don't actually know how. Does that make like if does that make sense? Like a lot of people don't know how to apply that to any different situation yeah Yeah. so so that's kind of been interesting to me so going through this past couple months we've been i've been really trying to explore how to communicate the idea of mental toughness in an effective way without it just being like i'm gonna row you out and throw you in the middle of the lake and then i'll i'll see if you make it you know that that's not that interesting to me um to me i want to understand like what are the mechanisms why do people freak out what's causing that and then how to come back away from that. Mm-hmm. So learning how to approach that. And so one of the big resources for me has been a strong fit, give them a follow really interesting content from them. Um, I would say start back at the beginning with the barbell shrug videos and just work your way forward. Otherwise you're going to feel very, very lost. Um, but that's, that has been hugely beneficial so shout out to those guys uh another one that's been really great he's with the strong tribe as well is uh andrew uh kaylin Daish. uh i think i'm pronouncing that right uh out of out of england and he coaches rugby hmm. um and he has started to he has really developed this idea of flow under pressure i think better than better than anybody else interesting uh, and it's interesting to see how he applies that um, if I had, you know, if I had fighters that were coming to me and training five days a week for their, you know, maybe it's their off season, they're not fighting too much, but they just need to be in shape. Um, I would totally apply all of that stuff, which is just conditioning, uh, but keeping nose breathing. So learning how to stay in flow mm-hmm. and then we increase the pressure of that. So make it harder for you to stay in flow, but still try and keep you there. Uh-huh. You know, so over time that's going to build upon itself when you are in fights and you like things get really, really tough mentally, you can still stay in flow if you have trained that. Yeah. Right. But if you haven't trained the idea of staying in flow when it's really, really painful, 
then everybody like immediately just go to freak out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or you go to fight and then lose that fine motor control. Yeah. Which you don't really want that either. So, you know, I'm interested to see, I can't wait to try and test some more of this stuff out, but I think that that, that concept of find what puts you in flight and learn how to not get put into flight by that thing yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And just, that's constant exploration all the time. And so you can apply that to so many different situations. You can apply that to your training with like your actual hand to hand training. Mm-hmm. Um, you can apply that to strength and conditioning in the gym. You can apply that to mentally, you know, how you approach relationships, yeah. everything. It's yeah. such a, it's Life. such an, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that for me is like how I know I've stumbled onto something important is if you can apply it to literally everything that means that it's useful, yeah. right? It's not so much that we use blood flow wraps. It's that what did the blood flow wraps do that forced you to learn how flight feels and how to get out of it. Yeah. And that's really important. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of it, just being able to understand the power of your mind and mm-hmm. kind of realize the impact it has mm-hmm. on your day-to-day living. Yeah. And then being able to recognize that you can change that. Mm-hmm. It's, it gives you power over your life. You know, you're 100%. not in control of, or, or you used to think, or I used to think I'm not in control of my mind, but now it feels like I am. Right. And well, there's nobody is, but you, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a, it's something that people have to constantly be reminded of. I think a lot of people kind of let their day-to-day life happen to them. And it's easy to, it's easy to let that happen. And it's also easy to just come out of that feeling like a victim all the time. And, and when you feel like a victim all the time, it just, shit doesn't feel like it goes right ever. And so I think that learning how to apply this, whether you're a fighter or whether you're not, I think learning how to apply this concept of just creating awareness of first thing is just creating awareness of what state you're in, right? That, I mean, even if it takes you a year to learn that, that is a game changer. And then from then on, you can start to learn how to learn what puts you in what state and learn how to move yourself out of it. And there's different things that's going to work for different people, whether it's mantras or whether it's, um, mentally approaching something a different way or physically approaching something a different way that carries over, not just to your training, right? Because every single moment of your life is learning something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if you're learning that, you know, every time you do sandbag cleans, it puts you in flight and you do sandbag cleans every day, you go to flight every day. You're going to learn that when things are physically stressful, like a sandbag clean is, you're going to go to flight. So that doesn't just mean that sandbag cleans put you in flight. Now it's other things that feel like that put you in flight. Yeah. So over time, you'll get good at going to flight. Mm-hmm. What you practice, you get good at. Yeah. Whether you're practicing uh, great habits, nutrition habits, right? Yeah. Whether you're practicing that or whether you're practicing eating fried chicken three days in a week, hey. uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get good at that yeah. at those habits. Yeah. Right. And so we try and try to practice the habits that we want to carry over to the rest of our day. Of course. So it's not just about getting better at the fight or getting better at weightlifting or getting better at, you know, business, whatever it is. It's about getting better at everything that you do. Everything. It all translates. Mm -hmm. It all translates. Yeah. Cool, man. I think it's, I think it's some groundbreaking stuff, man. I think this is like the new, yeah, like this is going to be, 
the new thing in sports, man. I, I'm excited. And, you know, we're, too. we're applying it to our weightlifting team right now. And it's really interesting is I I've, I've known about this concept, the flow, the fight, flight freeze for the past couple of years. And I've applied it to our weightlifting team, but it, there are some days where it just doesn't click and some days where it really does. And it's just like, it kind of just felt like I was up to however people felt that day. Yeah. You know, now we're getting to the point where I'm writing workouts and I know what the intent of that workout is. And I know how the person needs to attack that workout. But if that person doesn't know, then how do they get what they want out of it? Right. Mm -hmm. So we've started applying this very, very easily is just, I write what the intent of the workout is for every single one of them. So they know mm. what that feels like and what that's supposed, how they're supposed to come to it. I see. Um, so if it's, you know, our Friday workouts are always a heavy day. So the, the mindset behind that, the intent is attack or execute is what we call it. Execute. That means you can't be thinking about your technique too much. It's, you're not going to be able to change too much of it while you're doing it. And thinking about your technique causes you to overthink and not be able to execute, yeah. right? So we'll have other days for that. We'll have other days where it's technique days. But on execute day, it's execute. You just get the lift done, right? Okay, right. I see. And when we have technique days, you work on your technique. It sounds so simple, but a lot of the time people will come in and try and mix those two, right? If you, want to, if you try and execute on technique day, you are more than likely not able to receive feedback very well, right? If you're an execute, you're up here a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. It's just getting the job done. I see. But if a coach is giving you a whole bunch of feedback and you aren't very receptive to it, you get nothing out of that technique day. I see. Right? Okay. So that has been a game changer for our workouts. Whereas before it was like 40, 40% of the time people were getting, getting the workout intent Sometimes they weren't. Huh. Now it's now I would say nine out of ten sessions, people are getting the intent of the workout exactly as they should. And it's made our team environment so much better. Wow, man. Oh yeah. The yeah. other thing that we've applied to it is this mood prep concept where, you know, if if I say that today is a technique day, but mentally you are already pissed off, maybe six people cut you off in traffic on the way here, then you know, you're not in the state to receive technique feedback. So we've got this warm up that is made to get you from the state that you're in to the state that I want you. Hmm. And that has been a game changer. That's crazy. That's really neat. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Cause I just from hearing you talk about all of that, like I can see all of it mm-hmm. being applied to my sport. Yes. hundred percent. Like, um, there's days where, you know, I guess what helps me is um, I set days to go hard. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess the same right. thing, go hard, yep. execute. And then I set days where I go light and focus more on technique. Mm-hmm. And um, But that mood thing, 100%, yep. like if I'm kind of especially angry on a day, right. it's hard to get the technique in because I just want to hit stuff. Exactly. So yep. um, that's interesting. What do you do to change the moods? So, just- so it's, we have uh, – this is kind of interesting. My mom – taught um taught like special needs kids a lot okay and so they have a hard time recognizing faces so this is kind of where i got this concept is we put up the faces of these different moods on a whiteboard and it's super simple it's just a smiley face an angry face an anxious face which is the hardest one to kind of recognize and then a tired face or a sad face Hmm. you pick which one you are Uh just split decision where do you think you're at right now okay 
pick which one you are, and then we've got a different warm-up for each of those four moves. Right? If you're happy, we go through normal warm-up as possible because you're in flow. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're angry, we do something to express that a little bit. So in the gym, it's slam balls or ah. box jumps, something explosive. aggressive, something explosive, okay. something aggressive. Uh, if you're anxious, we do a long carry. This is the one that I'm not really sure why it works really well, but it seems to. We take a sandbag, pick it up. We walk it around the perimeter of the gym, which is about like 300-ish meters. And about halfway through, it starts to get really tough. But that forces you to address a fight. So it forces you to leave flight and go into fight. And then you push through it, and then you get back inside, and you've won the fight. Winning a fight is what puts you back in flow. Yeah. And then if you're sad or tired, uh, we get a pump. So biceps, chest, just get some blood flowing. Interesting. Preferably, we also do this with other people as well. So socialization is another thing that will get you out of freeze and into flow. Mm-hmm. Um, when you combine that with, you know, blood flow works really, really well. So we'll do like, we'll get like that Imagine Dragon song, Thunder, okay. right? Where it says yeah. thunder over and over again. And you do bicep curl every time he says thunder. Him and the backup singer. Okay. Right? So you have three or four people going through this. It kind of sucks, but it's also kind of fun. Yeah. That pulls people out of that free state and into flow pretty easily, pretty quickly. Yeah. Did you come up with these? Um, No. So some of the stuff I figured out over time, just refining it, uh, StrongFit gave me this idea as well. Um, And I don't really know how how many people in that community still use this mood prep thing. But I think with the setup of our gym, where it's not a group class, it's everybody's individualized. Yeah. I think that applies so much easier for that. So, um, yeah. So, anyway. So, some of the stuff that we've got coming up, I am working on putting together a seminar uh, for fighters. And we're going to go over a lot of these concepts. So, I the rough outline of it right now is going to be day one is structure. So, it's identifying muscle issues that people are having and that you need to have to be, uh, you know, one safe as a fighter, right? You're not going to be set up for injury all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then day two is going to be the mental toughness stuff. So that's going to be learning how to recognize what state you're in, learning how to move from state to state and how to apply it. We're going to do the blood flow restriction stuff. We're going to, um, we're going to do your, your three minutes on one minute off. And I'm going to do things that are going to put you in flight in particular and teach you how to get out of it. Uh, and then how to apply that to your day-to-day life too. We might cover some nutrition stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm still mapping this out, but I'm pretty excited about that. Nice man. Dude, this is like invaluable information. Seriously. Everyone needs to learn it. I'm excited to, I'm excited to put it out there. So stay tuned for when we're going to have that. I'll announce the date, uh, probably within the next couple of weeks. Um, let's wrap this up. So, uh, go ahead and give them your Instagram handle where people can get in contact with you. Yes. So my Instagram would be at Sotia New MMA. Yep. S-O-T-H-E-A-N-O-U-M-M-A. Uh, follow me there. You can just DM me or something. If I'm kind of, I don't have a lot of followers, so show me some love, man. Give, yeah, give them some love. <laughs> followers. Uh, and then you also, you coach it. Frank Finewood, right? Uh, yes. I don't have a class or anything, but I'm almost always there. So you can catch me at Train Five in Tallahassee or Catalina Cafe on Gangs. Hey, hey, there we go. Shout out. Uh, cool. And then my Instagram handle, Coach B Chambers. 
for my personal one. And then that's where you're going to find a lot more stuff like that. Um, our gym is at Big Bend Strength and Conditioning. Website is www.bigbendsc.com. You can find more info on the blog there. YouTube channel, hit that up, Big Bend Strength and Conditioning. Uh, Twitter, Big Bend Strength. TikTok, we have a TikTok, Big Bend Strength. That's mostly me making dad jokes. I love it. What else? I think I got more. I'm probably forgetting something. Uh, Facebook. Facebook, yeah. yeah. Big uh, Big Ben Strength and Conditioning. Hit us up there, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Good podcast. Cool.